When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Troy, um, this very mel- very well may have been Zach Greinke's last start at Kauffman Stadium. Is there anything you want to say? Um, unfortunately, probably a lot longer than it should have gone. <laughs> One win on the season. One win. Ugh. He went three and two-thirds today. And just before he went out to pitch for the second inning, literally has to have everybody come out and take a look at him again. I mean, he has been sporadic all season in that aspect. He's not been right, and it's disappointing. But at least he was able to walk off the mound today with a lead. Angel Zerpa behind him took care of business, kept it a lead, and we can at least look at it as if that's the final time he went off on a day that saw the Royals pick up a W. Yeah, it's funny, right? The Royals, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, they fall behind the A's for the worst, worst record in baseball, and they were like, nah, not going to stand for that. We are not going to be the worst team in baseball. We're going to be the second worst team in baseball. Now they've won seven of the last eight. So, hey, hey, they're closing the season strong, right, with a record of like 51 and 102. It's horrible. You know, Zach Greinke, that guy – pitched masterfully for some horrible baseball teams. That he did. Man, he was Yeah. That, and that that cover of SI, the coolest one I've ever seen where it was like it had all the numbers like, you know, um going up and ace up to eight, like it had king, queen, jack and it, on down to like one or two whatever. And it was Zachary he ended on him and it was ace and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then also because the Royals were actually on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That was amazing to me, but Hit the road, Jack, and hit the road, Zach. <laughs> Between him and Adam Wainwright with the Cardinals this year, talk about two guys who have been workhorses, have been stellar pitchers in their career, have wound up with bad teams for the last couple of years, and then this year had their struggles. Hmm. When's the last time the Cardinals finished last in the Central? Oh, wow. NL Central. Jeez. Because they're right now in last place. They're eliminated. I don't know how long they've been eliminated, but maybe for a while. Um, I mean, they're behind the Pirates three games. And they're in last place with, what, a week and a half to go? And even the Reds, the Reds have kind of uh, trailed off a little bit when it comes to the lead. The Brewers have kind of taken off there, and they're in firm control right now. I'm trying to look here real quick when the last time was that they uh, finished last. Uh, it's gonna be is that something ago. you can find quickly? Uh, baseball Reference. Oh, baseball Ref goes hard, man. That, but that one's—it's gonna be a long time. Yeah, first time, uh, first time to finish last in a division since wow, uh, nineteen ninety. Oh my God! That was the year I was born. Wow. Okay, now I mean, now let's throw in how bad the Yankees have been. It, it's it's like the nineties there are revisiting. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in terms of who's good and who's bad for the moment. The Yankees, that's the thing. When's the last time the Yankees and the Red Sox have finished second to last and dead last in the East? That's got to be never. Couldn't happen the, to a the, more deserving pair of. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did that? Did I say that out loud? And the Baltimore yes. Orioles are in first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Royals. Check it out. The Orioles are in first. It can happen. You can be horrible and get back the. Oh, never mind. They are set apparently to hire a new scouting director. Good. The unfortunate thing is they'll be coming over from the Braves, and we know how that has worked oh in the past. Oh, my God. Are you talking about scouting a new location for the stadium? Uh, <laughs> no, but there was news on that today as well in that uh, they did release a statement that un, uh, contrary to what their initial plans were to announce a location by the end of this month or what their idea would be by the end of the month, they're going to push that off a bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that tells me there's still a lot of conversation going. Hmm. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. No Travion this week. He is heading to uh, – he's in uh, in route, en route to Kentucky for Louder Than Life. So he's not here this week. I wanted to tell him that I found video because he was talking about it last week. Whatever festival he's going to, he was going to see Corey Feldman yeah. and his band. Yeah, I found, help a, us. I found a video of that performance. Like yeah. Somebody filmed the whole thing. I was like, you know what? Corey actually sounded a lot better than I thought he would. He's definitely, like, it's odd how, like, he's capable, you know? Um, but Travion sent me at least eight videos. I'll have to send them to you, too. Uh, Corey Feldman is, like, really mean to his band. I and saw right at the beginning, <laughs> they did not get off to the right start. So, oh, like, Corey's, like, cut it, and he's, like, yelling at somebody to his so right. so mad. And I guess they just kept messing up every song. Oh. And then, you know, he does dance like he thinks he's Michael Jackson. Ex- that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, he, man. he dresses and kind of looks in a way. Yes. You know, pale with the black, long black yeah. hair. Looks and dresses like Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. But he tells people, he's like, no, I'm not trying to be exactly like him. It's like, yeah, he you He dances are. on stage like Michael Dude, Jackson. Dude, you can't say you're not and then do what you're doing. You can't say that. He... It, it's remarkable. Like I said, I envy that level of confidence that he has. He really thinks he's tearing the place down. He really does. But ugh. well, I thought voice-wise, though, like for the genre of music, it sure. wasn't bad. Sure, it really wasn't that bad. No, not as bad as you thought it was going to be. At least, no, I thought it would be a train wreck. No, nope. this guy, he's got some just jobs. like everything else in Corey Feldman's. Oh wait, <clears throat> sorry. Oh man. You know what? <laughs> Troy's judging people again. We're, yeah, he is. He's been on that lately. We're, hey, excuse me. Were you on stage at Riot Fest? Troy? Have you ever seen a Corey Feldman film? Uh, yeah. Dude, I grew up with Corey Feldman <laughs> films for crying out loud. <laughs> Don't talk to this guy about Corey Feldman Freaking films. Freaking Goonies. Come on. But what, Dude, do, you, what do you know Goonies. if Corey Feldman was in Jackass? No, he wouldn't. You're darn right I wouldn't because I don't really care. <laughs> this... Seriously, we need to do one show straight up on Jackass and Tro- versus Troy. Maybe get Steve-O to call in. You know, I was thinking about uh, the time that, you know, get him to call in. Go. That wasn't the worst. Is, is that is that Steve-O <laughs> or is that Scotty Ferral? Dude, you should. The sports talk host. <laughs> you should hear him. T- like, uh, Steve-O's voice is really it's mm-hmm. the Zach Grinky of voices. It's just hit the skids. It's, it's terrible. It's just one win a season. Troy, could you watch the first Jackass movie for us and give us a review? Why waste my time? It's only like an hour and a half. Why waste my time? 
Whoa. Listen, I, th- I think you would enjoy it more than you think you would. <laughs> Tom and Jerry cartoons are more entertaining than what Jackass is. Okay, five three seven thirteen fifty. Is Tom and Jerry more entertaining than Jackass? Yes, because no humans were harmed in the making of those cartoons. That's true. What if you came home and you're like Monica? <laughs> what would she say? I rented Jackass. She already she already was, heard the conversation yesterday, and she's like, "They were really riding you hard on that." Not me, not me, not Monica, not me. I I think it's funny though. It is. Funny. I think you can find the two point. 3.5's oh. movies on Netflix. Oh, yeah. They're free or whatever. Or Tubi. Uh, all right. So it's Wednesday, but because of the Royals going a little bit long, I was like, D.Y., do you mind if we push to hour number two? He was like, groovy. I'm like, great. And he's like, I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm like, fantastic. Pick oh, me boy. up. Pick me up some uh, two pounds of hamburger. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to wait for D.Y. in hour number two. We also have the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtz, is coming on here in about 15 minutes or so. Yeah. I don't think we even talked about this yesterday. The quarterback curse at K-State has continued. It, it seems like a rare thing every year that K-State cannot get through a season with just one primary quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's not only the injury history, it's the history of quarterback splitting time. I want to give a shout-out. We've all seen the Twitter account. At the K-State fan, the name is the full name, the K-State fan, Kansas State fan, did all the work for me, and I really appreciate it. Going all the way back to 1998, the last year for Michael Bishop, who started, of course, the whole year, going back all the way back then to find, all right, how many quarterbacks have played in a year? Have there been injuries? Have there been guys splitting time? Or has a QB played the entire year? If you remember, 2019 was the last year we had a full-time starting quarterback, Hmm. without any real controversy. And that would have been Skylar Thompson, but you go back the year prior to that, he does miss one game, but he's also splitting time with Alex Dalton. We've had too many years where the fan base has been split on who should be a starting quarterback. Maybe none more than Grant Gregory and Carson Kaufman back in uh, 2009. But it goes all the way back. Mark Dunn, L. Roberson split some time at quarterback in 2001. Dylan Meyer, Allen Webb, Allen Average, Allen Webb. Oh, man. And Allen Webb had to split time with two different quarterbacks in two different seasons. (laughs) We can't get a full year with one starting quarterback. Will Howard, he's banged up. He's not ruled out for Saturday. And that's another part of this story that we really haven't tackled yet. Will Howard's availability against UCF is in question. Could that mean that he is actually out, and Kleiman is just kind of protecting that. It's coach talk. A possibility. But Coach also said that – was it deal? I can't remember who asked the question, but, like, what was the percentage of, like, you know, how ready to go health-wise does Will need to be to play Saturday? And Coach said, well, I don't know. We're going to look into it, of course. But we probably won't know anything until Thursday. I got to see him do things. That kind of answer leaned me towards – Okay, he's definitely, of course, nowhere close to being ready to go. He hasn't practiced yet, but there was a lot of doubt. Hmm. A lot of doubt that Will Howard's going to play at all on Saturday. I'm thinking, okay, what if he does show coach enough to say, all right, maybe we can get him out there and play? I asked the question, is it worth the risk? It's the first Big 12 game of the year. 
You get a bye week, and then you're playing at Oklahoma State the next week. Mm-hmm. If Will Howard can't be a mobile quarterback, he does not play. And I think coach, the coaches would make that right decision. I mean, if he is hobbled and he can't at least go out there and sell it to where he is mobile enough, he can actually move. The thing is, I I don't know the exact injury, but if you throw him out there on a, you know, it's a whatever the down and distance is, but he, whatever the down is, if he needs 10 yards for a first down, is he going to have the giddy up to get those 10 yards on an angle? and beat a defender to the sideline at the marker and win that first down battle? Probably not. Hmm. As hobbled as he was, and I bet he was crazy sore, crazy bruised up, it was reported that he was uh, seen walking through campus. Well, actually, he wasn't walking through campus. He was using crutches. Hmm. It doesn't look like a good sign at all for Will Howard to go. But even if he was able, in a way, to go, but he's not even close to being fully healthy, to me it's not worth the risk. And I say that because you have Avery Johnson. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have Avery Johnson, you might have a whole other story. I don't even know if it's still worth the risk. You have to throw out Jake Rubley and hope for the best. But Avery Johnson is one of your best athletes on the team. True freshman who has played a very few snaps, very few of the significant variety and they've been either all runs or handoffs. But I would still probably feel more comfortable having Will a- or having having Avery Johnson out there and let him just do his thing. Throw him into the fire. Let's see what happens. Against a team that truly hasn't been tested defensively mm-hmm. yet this year in UCF. Risking Will getting hurt even more and more significantly as in missing a lot of time to me is not worth it. Isn't is there a part of you too that like with the the day and age that we're in with NIL and playing just thinking of being able to play Avery Johnson and just like placate him a little bit you know it, like he doesn't have to completely sit back this season and, and and sit on the sideline except for a couple plays here and there like get him some real game time like I think that's important not only for the team. But just for that kind of situation where he doesn't feel like he needs to jump and go somewhere else, I like the uh, I, like I, I think they should they should definitely play him. I think based on what play I, will I, I, play, play Avery play Avery. I, I think they just based on what start. I saw. Yeah. yeah, just just being from the outside in, it sure looked like the guy needs to sit for a couple of weeks. It, it you know the way he was moving is. I, I just let give him give him a couple weeks. Just give him a or, or a week. Maybe he needs just one. Maybe he needs it one time. Well, and hopefully that's all he would need to be fine. Right. Let him have it. Take the game off. Mm-hmm. He's not practicing. Take the game off mm-hmm. and get ready for Oklahoma State. Yeah. You lose if you lose UCF. It's not the end of the world. Nope. You got to look towards the future. Now I want this win. I mean I want it badly and I'm nervous. But you know. If I were to look at one side of the of the ball versus the other on who needs to prove themselves more, you know, I'm more worried about the defense, more mm-hmm. worried about the secondary. If Avery Johnson's the guy, let him go out there and make a mistake, learn from it, and let's see what happens if he does in a way struggle. But the thing is, like, you know, my prediction would be that he wouldn't struggle that much. Right. 
he seems like a pretty smart kid, and he seems like he's extremely mature. And if he were to make a mistake, he'd be really good at just shrugging it off right. and not letting it get to his head. Now, I don't have you know the you know the physical or just the you know watching him in person evidence of saying that he you know he wouldn't rebound from a bad mistake or anything like that. But he's also the future of K State football. Mm-hmm. You know, this would be a great opportunity for him. We all want Will Howard to play. We believe in Will Howard. He has done so much work to earn our trust. He really has. You know, and he knows more than anybody about being thrown into the fire. <laughs> and what I really feel bad about Will is that he's never been hurt before. Never had an injury. He's always been good to go. And that's been a true blessing the last three years. That he has always been ready to go. He has learned from mistakes. He's been a lot better. He's not afraid to take some chances. He's a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Last year, those risks really paid off. Some of them this year, maybe not so much. Right. You would hope that turns around. I just don't like the chance of risking his health even more. You know, and maybe you know, maybe this whole conversation is a waste of time, and that you know, questionable really means doubtful. Is in he's not going to play. It's Avery's start, and Will has no chance to play. But right now, the, the storyline is that he's questionable. We can only just guess that he's out or not. We don't know anything for sure right now. But I don't like the risk of him not being 100%. It's a lower body injury is also a pretty big deal. And him risking further injury. Right. Because we need a mobile quarterback. We need a very reliable mobile quarterback to go out there and win a game. Avery Johnson would be that guy. Right now, Will Howard's not going to go pick up a first down needing 10 yards on the ground. Nope. He's not going to be able to do that. And in the situation, there is a situation where you go, "Well, we need you, man. You know, we you, we gotta we gotta have you. We we're not in that situation. We have a capable backup, a kid that has a, a highly rated kid who has shown us in flashes and in like really small sample size, uh, he is capable of doing this. And I say, let's do it. Let's pinch hit just this for this game." Make sure that Will's 100%. We're in that situation that we can do that kind of thing. Uh, no no, no need to go out there compromised at the most important position for for what? You know, there's there, it's so early yet. There's nothing on the line. Like if it was the final game, we got to beat these guys and we got to have our guy behind center. I get it for sure. That's the way the sport goes. But at this point... I think you can roll the dice a little bit and say, let's get some real game experience for this kid. Let's do it. UCF is already playing a backup quarterback who, again, he just started against Villanova. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been tested against a good uh, defense. And and like I said, you know, I'm more worried about the K-State defense I am right now than the offense, even if it is a backup quarterback, even if it is only DJ Ginn's going to be running the football. He's averaging six yards a carry. You know, Treshawn Ward – has been pretty solid in the in the receiving game, mostly in the Missouri game. I thought his receiving game was pretty big, but him running the football, we don't have Florida State Treshawn Ward yet. No. We don't have Florida State 6.5, 7 yards a carry Treshawn Ward yet. He's still – his vision – again, I, I've been maybe a little bit too critical of his vision right now because sometimes he's a little good. Sometimes he doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have the speed to get around a guy and get to the edge and pick up an extra five yards just by using his ability to make a play. I've seen a few too many times where 
All right, now he needs to beat a defender on the on the outside. He's into the flats and runs right into him. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't throw any shake and bake at him. Doesn't just try to make it a foot race to the sideline or anything like that and get around the edge. You know, that's where you kind of like. That's where you kind of really realize how much you missed Deuce Vaughn in that burst that he had. He was not afraid to take the guy one on one and show a little juke on him. That's that's really the part of the running game we don't have right now. Right, and that is you know the extra burst trying to win with speed Mm -hmm. all right let's take a break and when we come back again saturday night is k-state ucf opening up big 12 play does will howard play is it going to be all avery johnson that's something we're just not going to know until kickoff on saturday at the bill three o'clock for power cat game day but when we come back for the first time in a couple of weeks we look at the first two games for the kansas city chiefs we'll be joined by the voice of the chiefs mitch holtis after these words The Kansas City Chiefs 1-1 and to begin the 2023 campaign. A loss on a Thursday nighter, season opener at Arrowhead against the Lions 21-20, and then a Week 2 victory this past Sunday at Jacksonville 17-9. And to recap, we now welcome in the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtz. Before we get to the start for Kansas City, Mitch, have you called many games where mistakes being made back and forth and then your team loses on an absolute heartbreaker that happens to be a historic field goal oh yeah uh i've been in this a while let me see i could come up with a a lot of them uh especially in those dark 14 years in the wilderness between the five years of marty schottenheimer and the arrival of andy Mm reed uh but even back in my k-state days i'm trying to think of uh some that would fit that category but um, yes, and I was dying with you. I was following, following it on the plane, of course, and oh my gosh, it, uh, and honestly, this is going to sound like, oh yeah, but I really thought it'd be a game like that. I knew it was going to be like our game in Jacksonville, a slug it out game that comes down to a, a few plays at the end and, uh, just, just disappointing, uh, to lose it on a 61 yard field goal, but then to lose Daniel Green and, and it sounds like Will Will Howard's beat up. Um, and that was coming off one of the best days of my recent life, other than winning the Super Bowl, was taking my granddaughters to the Troy game. I had a ball. It was awesome. I was 10 years old again. And I just soaked in the whole day, and they did too, and it was, it was fabulous. Uh, but now the Cats have got to feel like we did going to Jacksonville. You get a 5-3 to three win and block a punt for safety to get a win, take it, and run. So the grandkids are for sure locked in as K-State fans for life, you think? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Um, so Rivals has got the, the – it's narrowed down the list. But <laughs> you have to understand, my my wife and I are putting on the full-court press, but uh, there's other influences from other schools, maybe a school, on the other side of the family that my son married into. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, it's basically going to come down to NIL, though. We know that. <laughs> hey, K-State's been winning a couple of those battles, uh, it, it appears yep. to be. Uh, you know, some similarities to me when it comes to the Mizzou game for the Cats and then the Chiefs' loss to the Lions. Was was the biggest pain in that loss to the Lions th- just the missed opportunities for Kansas City to go win it? Exactly. When I saw the Cats go 24-17, to 17, I thought, all right, this is a shot. Even a field goal. Even if you get the second half and you get a 10-point lead, 
Uh, I mean, unless you're unless you're facing Mahomes, the psychology of the game changes so much. And uh, it was precisely the same. I don't know if we were drop passes. I wasn't watching all of it all the time on the plane. But um, the yes, there was a chance for the Chiefs uh, against the Lions. I, I gave the analogy, and I think the cast probably fit this same way is it was like having 12 runners left on base and five were at third with less than two outs and you just could not get the hit like and but you will get chances to seize a game the jaguars had it against us frankly last sunday and couldn't get it done and they had the ball at midfield up turning up and if they go up 10 to nothing the way we're gasping for oxygen and offense there would have been a little bit not a panic but there would have been some super uncomfortable feeling fit in well the same way can't somehow get a stop. Go up 27-17. The game could have been drastically different. And the same way with the Chiefs and Lions. Kind of a big difference in game two when you have Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones back? I'm wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll admit it. There's no way I thought Chris Jones would have that big of impact on that game and play 34 snaps at the level that he played it at. Now, he had the fourth and five sack. That's an obvious one. That's that's kind of what I was alluding to. Instead of the Jags taking two-possession lead, now the Chiefs go down and make it 7-3, to three, getting a short field by virtue of that fourth-down sack by Jones. And then he had another fourth-down pressure later. But for us to think, ah, it's just all Chris Jones, would be erroneous. Lil Chennault had his best game yet. Remember the double pass? He's standing waiting on it. Uh, Chris had nothing to do with that play. The play of Mike Dana was really good. Trent McDuffie was spectacular. He was on the Chiefs Kingdom show Monday night with me, and when I reviewed the video of the game, his play on third down, after a sudden change, right? Uh, uh, Richie James muffs the punt at the 17. Really hard for any defense. I don't care if it's Manhattan, Hyrate County, or K-State. A defense that gets off the field and has to go right back out is the uh, assimilation of a firefighter who gets right back, hasn't even brought the dog food to the Dalmatian, and you're going right back out to fight a five-along fire. Well, the third down play that McDuffie made, he's playing in the slot on Zay Jones. And he, he and McDuffie talked about playing in the slot. It's like being in a traffic jam uh, on campus at K-State and can't find a place to park in the old days. Uh, you're just sitting there like, there's a lot going on here, right to left and side to side. Well, he know, and he was the only guy that had man-to-man on that coverage. The other guys were going to show man and drop the zone, but he had man on the inside slot receiver. And he does an awesome job on it. So this was a defense now for the Chiefs that really showed up in the Jacksonville game. But let's be honest here, boys. They snapped two together because they've only given up two touchdowns in two weeks. And in this day and age of the NFL, that's hard to do. Yeah, 23 total points has been excellent on uh, on third down conversion as well. But you know, through two games now. Seven of those on a pick six. Seven of yeah. those are a pick six. So it's reality. It's offensive points scored. So you're looking at what? Nine and four. T- uh, you're right. So you got it. But, yeah, uh, take out the pick six and things look really different. How about our boy Felix Indudike Uzama? Pro Football Focus has loved him in two weeks. Yep. With the eye test, has he stood out to you as being pretty effective? Yep. He's coming on. He's just he's moving ahead. It's swimming lessons. And – he was behind the curve. You told I, I let you guys know the first two weeks of camp. It's like, ooh, what do we got going here? 
and then he started to take off, and now he's gone from beginners and wearing water wings in the baby pool to go right on up to swimming pretty good here. Uh, his half sack with Chris Jones was really, oof. That Trevor Lawrence is fortunate he's a big dude because he got put in a vice. Uh, and it was a clean hit. It wasn't Felix wouldn't be a dirty or anything, but it was just a powerful play. And with his almost safety against the Lions and his uh, really good uh, several plays against uh, the uh, Jags, I'm really excited for him to play this week against the Bears. I think he's just going to continue to move forward, and I'm excited to see it. Now, to the offensive side of the football, I think it's important to you know, point out that in the Jaguars game, 11 different guys caught a pass from Mahomes. Kadarius Toney redeems himself a bit off the drop passes against the Lions. He has five catches. But what about, you know, finally Sky Moore finally getting a touchdown? Yeah, and it was a tough play. It's a back shoulder throw. It wasn't like I'm going to rub. It's not like the Super Bowl where it's a little bit of a blown coverage and I'm going to rub, you know, Troy off and you're going to get wide open at the end zone. This was a back shoulder throw where he has to beat an outside corner and make a pretty tough catch where he has to adjust his body. Great, great point that you bring up. And then to get the 52-yarder late, um, which was the backbreaker, was another thing that I think will help Sky move into this week. The big plays in the second half were a good thing to see. This has been an offense that just kind of continues to try to find itself, right? Too many penalties and issues with protections and, and the drop passes in week one. But you started to see it kind of come together. Then Noah Gray's got the offensive play of the game that we'll all forget about, maybe even just a week later, when on third down at, what, 14, he goes for 12, or was it third and 16 for 14, where he breaks three tackles and gets a fourth and two for the Chiefs with Jake Convert and score a touchdown on the drive. Noah Gray had three for 36, so he's not going to win your fantasy league, but he won the reality game with the biggest play that you'll forget about offensively in that whole contest against Jacksonville. I don't know how much you're around the team during the week, but, I mean, heck, even Ian Eagle uh, you know, dropped a line during the game when Travis Kelsey had his touchdown. I mean, can Travis Kelsey go anywhere right now without it being brought up of his relationship now with Taylor Swift? No, and it's it's terrifying in this day and age of social media, right? Because the, all of the fake pictures and news. I have someone who I respect a great deal that normally would not fall for it. Came up to me on Monday and goes, "Was Taylor Swift on the plane?" <laughs> like, no. Well, look, she's on. She's going down the ramp. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fake, right? And so it's and it's so good that you're like it looks real. And this person would not be the kind that would like, oh Taylor Swifty, Swifty, right? Okay, you guys can lose a lot of sleep over a lot of things. Like how we're going to beat UCF if we're beaten up and they're good, they're three and out. We got to somehow figure out a way to win one to nothing. And I'd even lay awake at night thinking about that. But you guys can take a deep breath and not worry about me making any Taylor Swift references to Travis Kelsey if he has or does not have the ball. Just be at peace about that, boys. Yeah, but are, are, are the grandkids, aren't they big Swifties? Are they kind of, are they letting you know that Swiftie is very popular still to this day? 
they do that, but they're also smart enough to go, hey, Grandpa, was she on the flight? Like, they <laughs> they know better than that, right? So they're, they're like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird. But, yeah, you just, it's, it's there. Uh, I'm not saying it's true or not true, but we're, we're going to have to deal with all these, like, memes and fake pictures of, like, she's in the huddle. Like, was she in the huddle? <laughs> was Mahomes talking to her? Like, no. So were they at the, were they at the concert, like, in the second half of the game? Because that's when the concert was in Indianapolis, and they were there? No. But you're going to get a lot of weird stuff here over the next several months, I'm afraid. Well, up next for Kansas City, the Bears uh, coming in Sunday for a for a three twenty five kickoff. Bears are zero and two. They've been in the headlines for not good reasons today. Their DC Allen Williams steps away from the team, and I mean Justin Fields is kind of blaming coaching for him looking quote robotic. I guess. I mean, isn't this time now for Kansas City to really pounce on somebody? Yeah, but I find no pleasure in what they're going through. Right. I was just on a uh, uh, a uh, Zoom call. On Jeff Joniak's show, he's the play-by-play of the Bears. He's done it for 20-plus years, and we've all been there. I've been there. Zero fun, what they're going through. And again, what's fake news? What's real news? Is there smoke? There's fire? I don't know. But having that D.C. resign and why did he resign? And they're going through all that. Their their, uh, offensive tackle, their left tackle, got put on injured reserve. Um, Fields says it's coaching. That's why he screwed up. And then he tries to back it up and brings all the media in the locker room and tries to redo it. Uh, that's just, oh, God, that's just stuff that, you know, kind of, I find no pleasure in it. But to answer your question, this is a game the Chiefs need to full throttle and take care of it here. Stack it up defensively. You get another defensive performance that you can put right in the, the thumb drive with weeks one and week two. And then, because statistically right now, the Chiefs are really top four in the uh, defensive stats in the league after two weeks in the base subjects, which is third down, scoring defense, red zone, they're seventh. I know third in red zone, seventh, I believe, in third down defense. That's that's all base subjects where they've been, oh, 20, 23, 15, 19 over the past several years. So do that and then get this offense clicking where a bunch of guys can pick up some confidence. But also respect them. We haven't beat the Bears at home since 2003 and there's only been one game but it was a complete ambush jay cutler like didn't even wear a face mask in the game he's like got a cigarette and a cocktail and he's throwing a matt forte for two points and we lose 18 to 17 don't get ambushed take care of your work and uh yes do what you uh have surmised that we could do well, looking forward to the call. Cats need a win. Chiefs need a win. And we'll be listening starting at 2 o'clock and uh, kickoff 325 between uh, Kansas City and the Bears. Thanks, Mitch. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Go Cats. Let's get this done. One to nothing. Block a punt for a 2 a win. I'll take it. There it is. Just need the W. I don't care how it happens. Thanks, Mitch. We'll talk to you soon. See you, boys. That's the voice of the Chiefs. Mitch Holtis here on the game. I'm hearing – Fully hearing that 100%. I'm all about when you get into conference play, just go get the dub. Yep. I'm not worried about it being the most prettiest victory, even in at Mizzou. Just win the game. We're all going to be happy. If it's by one point, it's more positives than negatives. Well, this week it's been negatives. We haven't talked a whole lot of positives. Hopefully we'll have some this week. And when we come back here on the game... We're going to be leading off Derek Young from K-Stun Alliance. It's Wednesday. Of course, we're going to have D.Y. on. And then I bounce, but Troy will have a number two song of the day and ask us anything. So, full hour two is coming up, and so is your local news. Stick around. It's the game.